0: Bemused. How on earth did that happen?
2: Hello everyone. Welcome back to Wonder Goal, soccer betting podcast from the Action Network. My name is Michael Lieboff. Joining me in just a moment will be Anthony Debundo and BJ Cunningham. before I bring those two gentlemen in to start dissecting the upcoming four Champions League matches, we'll talk a very little Europa League and, and maybe sprinkle in the, the two Premier League midweek matches as well. A reminder that Wonder Goal is presented by Bet365, the world's favorite sportsbook brand. Sign up with promo code ACTION. You can get Bet365's exclusive sign-up offer in New Jersey and Colorado and Ohio. All right, let's get to it. Tuesday, two matches. Let's get Porto and Milan out of the way because we'll probably spend some time on the second match on Tuesday. A reminder, these matches kick off at 4 p.m. Eastern time, 3 p.m. BJ, Central Iowa time. Yep. Uh, Because European clocks haven't turned back yet. Porto is uh, down 1-0 on aggregate against Milan. Heading back to Portugal. Uh, It's a pick straight pick Three-way money line. Porto plus 162. Milan plus 162. The draw is plus 250. Milan minus 352 advance. Porto plus 250. The draw looks interesting here. Uh, We know how these two teams are going to want to set up. It kind of feels a little like Spurs and Inter. Where the team there's one team that's gonna the onus is on a team to score here it's porto they're the home team but they're just not really built to do that and and the team that they're gonna try to do it against is should be set up well here so uh the draw would be the only way i'd look bj what are your thoughts
1: yeah I, i like under you know for it's it's funny so for a team like porto they they technically are built to do this like in their own league in the portuguese league like they they're very dominant against teams like play very defensive, but when they get over in the Champions League, they tend to have to play way more defensive. And that first leg, you know, it, I took the under in the first leg and a little over three expected goals were created. So I felt a little bit lucky. Both goalies kind of stood on their head and made some crazy saves in that one. Um, but with the onus actually being on ports and with the game script actually changing to where Inter can play more defensive, you know, they can set up with five at the back where they typically play up a three, five, two can very easily put five at the back. Um, I think it's going to be very much, much more difficult for Porto, who in these Champions League type of scenarios are, are much better when the game becomes transitional. That's how they got at Inter multiple times because Inter, obviously when the game was at 0-0, Inter was going forward and then it kind of became like this end-to-end style game. I don't see Inter letting that happen uh, this time around. Obviously, We've mentioned they're a very, very good defensive team only allowing 0.87 non-penalty expected goals in Italy, only allowed eight big scoring chances on the season. Now, Porto did create one-and-a-half expected goals in Milan, but half of that was on a Taremi rebound shot. Uh, So all the other shots for the remaining of the match didn't have that high of an XG value. And Otavio is out for Porto after getting the red card. He's their third most productive attacker. So that obviously hinders them a little bit offensively. It's going to be on... Evan Nielsen, and Taremi up top to produce most of their chances. And, you know, with the game script changing for Inter, I just I, – I agree with you. I, I don't see this – you know, obviously Porto's a little bit better of an offensive team than Tottenham is. But, like, if this game doesn't become transitional and you Porto's forced to do build-up attack after a build-up attack and try to break down a 5-3-2, I don't really see them doing that. So I only project 2.11 goals for this one. So I like under 2.5 at minus 115.
2: Anthony, anything here on uh, Porto and Inter before we move on to the headliner on Tuesday?
3: Yeah, I I actually think, you know, Champions League matches can play out in a variety of different ways. And I think the first leg, uh, Inter or me, Porto was much more willing to give it a go than I thought they'd be. And I think that actually surprised Inter. I didn't think Inter uh, was expecting uh, as much of a transitional punch. I mean, Porto was sending a good number of players forward trying to get an away goal. Uh, not that away goals matter anymore, but trying to get a goal on the road uh, and get ahead, and I thought they were actually the better side for for good portions of that. But I think BJ's point about the shots and like why single even single game xG can be flawed. It's like okay, you got to one point four xG. How did you get there, right? And if it's a ton of really low quality chances and then one breakthrough, that probably suggests that you know the breakthrough is harder to repeat and that you're not really consistently getting those good shots, even like in the to 0.15 range, which they weren't getting any of those. Uh, And so I agree. I I actually like the under here too. I think there's a good chance, uh, you know, even, and this is what I said about Milan Spurs, even if it is 1-0 Porto, you know, you're not going to see either side taking a ton of risk. And if it's even 1-1 late, you're going to see inter-protecting. Like there's just way more scenarios where this is a low scoring game than You know, of course, there could be like an early Inter goal and then Porto has to really go crazy and then it gets out of hand. But there's way more scenarios where the game state plays out that this is a very conservative second leg with Inter going on the road than there are scenarios where it's the opposite and we see a ton of back and forth action, again, like we did in the first leg in Milan. So I I also will be on the under.
2: City uh, and Leipzig next. This is the 4 p.m. Another 4 p.m. matchup on Tuesday. City's minus 250 at home. Leipzig plus 650 on the road to draws, plus 425. 1-1 on aggregate. City is still a minus 550 favorite to get through. Leipzig plus 350. If you're a regular listener, you know that the three of us, or at least BJ and I, Anthony, I don't know if you you mustered up the courage to get it on the Leipzig long shot to win this Champions League. But I did not muster the courage. You're still there. You still can get a big number here well, on I Leipzig. I can still get the same. It's still probably Although, the same number,
1: right? Yeah. Side note, Michael, I bet... You know, probably in the beginning of uh, when the draw came out, I bet Leipzig to advance at plus four forty, and they're sitting to advance at plus four forty right now. So great bet by me, and you, everybody else can still get in on that.
2: Yeah, there you go. Great bet. Great bet. That's what that's what you want to see. You want to see yep. absolutely no movement in either direction. <laughs> that's how it's done, baby. Uh, awesome.
3: Better than it being plus six hundred.
0: That's
2: true.
1: Amen. Could be worse. This This
3: is a CLV podcast, so it could
1: be worse. Well, it was, it was, it was plus four thirty. So I was about to tweet something out, and then I went back to look, and it was plus four forty. So I was like, okay, I'm not. They knew. They saw you coming. They saw me coming.
2: Uh, cities looked really good domestically lately. I think. I mean, I know that they got by skin of the teeth in terms of like their, the one nil win against Palace, but just generally the process looks good. Phil Foden, uh, coming alive. Not a moment too soon but this leipzig team's been so good for quite a while now in the bundesliga i think if they drew anyone else besides city they'd be a pretty popular you know upset pick had they drawn whether it be like madrid or liverpool whoever other uh, of the other big fish I, th- I think like plus 650 is actually not a terrible number considering some of the kind of weird results we've seen out of city but with the Leipzig future. I'm just gonna let that one ride. Uh, but I, if if I were to make a bet on this one, it would be Leipzig uh, on the money line here. BJ, what are your thoughts?
1: Yeah, I I like Leipzig plus one and a half and minus one twenty five. You know the it was a very very interesting first leg, and if you just watched the first half, you'd be like, oh my gosh, City is so good. They just completely dominated RB Leipzig. They attempted one shot the entire half. Obviously, City scored in the first half, but the the match completely flipped in the second half. So essentially what happened was is that Leipzig was trying consistently to play out of the back and it just wasn't working. City's press was was thwarting one any attempt they tried to play out of the back. And then, you know, one of their uh high turnovers, you know, was into the the Mares goal. But then the second half, Leipzig became very much, much more direct, and they really started to get at City over and over again. They they outshot City in the second half and eventually got the got the, what I thought the world deserved goal and it ended up being a very even type match where city was really good in the first half. And then like Leipzig was very good in the second. And I mean, this Leipzig team is obviously, I felt very good about them in the first leg. And after this, I don't see any reason why to bet not to bet them again. Um, you know, I mentioned the stat beforehand, but uh, a couple of, you know, last podcast, but since Marco Rosa took over second best expected goal differential throughout Europe's top top five leagues outside of Barcelona, just, uh, plucking against, uh, you know, lower half of the table La Liga teams, but yeah, I, I'm going to bet Leipzig here again at plus one and a half. I think city is overvalued. Um, even if it is at home, uh, you know, and Cuckoo didn't play the full match, uh, in the last match against city, which I think is huge in this matchup to give Leipzig more attacking threats going forward. So yeah, I, I think Leipzig is absolutely live here to get through, uh, to the next round and, and give city a ton of problems yet again. And still, and they're still a very, very good defensive team as well.
2: Anthony, are you jumping in these friendly waters? I'm really
3: torn. Uh, I, I I show value on Leipzig again, uh, which is to be expected. You know, I, the first leg was relatively even city was slightly better, which is about what I thought they would be. Uh, and I agree. I mean, it was a tale of two halves. The first half, you know, BJ mentioned it like the seven to one shots, uh, It wasn't that Leipzig only had one shot. The only shot they had came in stoppage time in the first half. So it was so bad. Uh, People were ridiculing me uh, in my text messages with friends, like, I can't believe you made me bet on this team. You know, what the hell? This team sucks. And then, you know, the second half was a much more inspired effort. I do worry about them going on the road, though, and I think that's going to be a difficult challenge to try. and like They won't get away with playing as bad as they did in the first half again. At that level, But I thought it was notable that even in the so-called dominant half when Leipzig couldn't play out from the back and City was able to force high turnovers, they only managed, you know, like seven shots, none of which were particularly high quality. They do score, but it was like 0. 0.657 XG. Like it was not the typical City dominant attacking performance. And then we go to the weekend against Newcastle. Same thing, like moseying along, not conceding anything. You know the only real chance they conceded was uh, the Heinrichs chance one on one, and then the the set piece itself that was the goal. And then in the in the match against Newcastle, what did we see from city? They batten down the hatches defensively after that run of giving up goals. Newcastle could not create anything whatsoever. And then we went this weekend against Palace, and Palace did not register a shot on target. I know that's more of a palace problem than a city problem, but it gets to the point of like Pep is making it clear. Uh, conscious decision to focus on defending and not concede goals at the risk of his attack being worse. And I think the market's still a little too high here at three. Uh, So I like under I'm betting under again, another under in the champions league. we haven't had a lot of open matches in this, in this knockout stage, but I think uh, the market's just a little too high on these two defenses still um, being early too low on the defenses and the total was too high. So I'm going to take the under three. I think, Pep, if they get a lead, will be very difficult for them to break down, uh, and I think we're going to see that happen. So I think it's a one-nil win, and then the only thing that's scary is like if Leipzig does start committing numbers forward, there there goes the door for Leipzig to give up another one. So I, that's the scary part. I don't see them getting blitzed, though; their defense is too good. Uh, and so under three is my bet for uh, for the second leg.
1: I think yeah, I think that's a good point. That you know, if if City does score first here i mean who's to say that pep just doesn't say let's just control the ball and let's just not let them have it and just put the clamps down like we've seen them do time and time again throughout the champions League. another thing i'll mention is that you know city only had three high turnovers against leipzig and they came all in the first half so it was very very difficult for them in the second half to press and keep leipzig under under wraps so um yeah it's i i agree with you that it'll you know if, if city does score i think they'll kind of just not really can see the ball, but they will just kind of try to control possession and see this thing out. I don't see them. I don't see Pep trying to get into an end-to-end style match with Wifes. I think that's a recipe for, for disaster for City.
3: Pep will do anything to make sure that uh, he has game control. That's that's something yeah. you always have to know with City. And I know we all love to watch Holland and bet City overs, but uh, this will be the fourth straight under for me on the City's ends, I, I believe.
0: Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com bluewire for a $3 trial set. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for the Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix.
2: Wednesday, we'll start with Napoli and Frankfurt. Uh, Napoli's minus 200 at home. Frankfurt Making the trip as a five fifty underdog, and the draw is plus three thirty three. That's two nothing to the Italians after the first like Frankfurt's twenty five to one to advance. Hmm. It's it's not a not a game I am looking forward to bet uh to betting. So this is a pretty easy pass uh for me here. Nothing nothing really sticks out. Anthony, anything for you?
3: Well, I think uh, first off, Randall Colomwani is out, uh, and he's been their best player. Uh, their best striker, their best goal scorer. He is producing uh, very impressive numbers uh, for a team that does not create a lot of shots. He has a pretty good XG per 90 rating uh, up there in the top 10 in the Bundesliga, has taken a real step forward this year. Like I like him as a player, but it's just kind of what we said in the first meeting. Uh, Eintracht Frankfurt doesn't really press. They're not very uh, adept at it. And if you can't really disrupt Napoli's possession and then you just let them get the ball to Cavard Scalia you're in big trouble. And Frankfurt in the first leg did nothing of the sort to stop him. And he kind of ran all over them and they ended up, you know, I hit the under and it was a miracle <laughs> uh, under two and a half was I'm still not sure how, I mean, we needed a miss penalty and then let Napoli feeling bad in the second half. But I think this total at two and a half with Frankfurt having nothing to lose and, and just kind of going to go for it. I don't really want to bet the under here. Uh, I'm I'm kind of scared to do it, and so I'm not going to. Um, and the same thing goes for the shot on tar- target prop, which if you read my um, preview, I ended up kind of talking about, I think it was like 11 and a half for shots. This is the kind of situation where in a second leg where they have nothing to lose, I don't want any part of it because it could be that Napoli is just kind of sleepwalking through this.
2: So I'm going to pass entirely uh, on this one. Real Madrid, they're plus twenty five at the Bernabeu, hosting Liverpool. Plus 187, the draws 300. The game state here. I think I'm most excited to bet this match because it's such a funny game state. Uh, Madrid's up 5-2 on aggregate. Liverpool's 16-1 to to advance.
3: Are you on it? No. No 16-1 to for you? No, 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 definitely not. Not right. in
1: Liverpool, come on. So, But it kind of He's lends sure. to, to how I am well, betting.
3: Well, well, we, look, we know Leboff loves to bet the dog and loves to bet you know, oh, no big prices. Right. Yeah,
2: when, when, when but, they have. Uh, but when this they... is
3: like the test case, like against his favorite team on his least favorite team. Yeah, no way. He's, he's got all these winnings piled up from his Real Madrid money line from the first leg when we, when, when I had Liverpool. So it kind of lends into
2: what I'm going to say, though. I think Real Madrid's a great live betting opportunity here because you know how Liverpool is going to come out. Maybe they get, a, they go out, take a quick 1 0 lead. But Madrid's the type of team that's kind of built to absorb that pressure. And Liverpool will then go for the second one. The momentum carries in, right? And, and what's going to happen? They're just going to be open at the back and and Madrid will score. And if they do, like if if it goes from 1-0 Liverpool to 1-1, like the, the deflation with Liverpool is just going to be, you're going to be able to feel it in Iowa, BJ. And mm-hmm. at that point, it's just going to be doors open. So I I'm I'm going to be looking at Live Bet Real Madrid. Should they go down uh, early in this one, and also as we get even if it's like nil nil, Klopp's just gonna pull players. Like if if like the if it's out out of hand, like or if if they're still down five two on aggregate and we're in like the sixtieth minute, I don't think he's gonna keep his players on the pitch. They're just gonna pull guys and try to make sure nobody else gets hurt as they try to make this farcical top four push or something. So I think there's some doors open here for a late another. Comeback win for Madrid. That's my yeah, game
1: theory. I, yeah, it's it, it's very funny. So I think I might, you know, I was, I was kind of just figuring on passing for this one just because, you know, the game state. But, you know, I bet the over in the first leg, and I think I might just do yeah, it again. It's, because, it's like, here's the thing, and this is the thing with Liverpool, is like, yes, you've seen better defensive performances from them against Crystal Palace and against Wolves. And then over the weekend against Bournemouth, it's the same problem that they had against Real Madrid. It's where transition defense teams create a big chance and they score and that's just what's been happening over and over again to liverpool real madrid took nine shots and scored on five of them against liverpool in the first leg i mean this is what they do this is what they do though this is what they do throughout the champions league that's why they luck boxed last season it's just they converted on every single counter attack but when it just keeps happening to liverpool like it's a it's a problem systemic problem so I, I mean, I think they're probably going to go for this from the get-go. And the thing about it is, from the flip side of it, is, like, Liverpool looked great in the first 20 minutes. Like, they were breaking down Real Madrid's low block there and again. Like, the, Darwin obviously got the huge chance at the beginning. Like, Salah missed a huge chance as well near the beginning as, uh, of the match, too. You know, Nunez then had a shot basically deflected off target that was headed an XG rating of 0. .65. But... Yeah. I mean, Real Madrid, we've been talking about forever. They're not that great of a defense. I mean, Anthony mentioned it last week. They're still over one non-penalty expected goal per match in the lowest scoring league in Europe. And they really didn't put in that great of a defensive performance in the first leg. So if they're really just going to sit back in their 4-4-2 and be vulnerable to crosses like they were in the first leg, like Liverpool's definitely going to get, I think, at least one on the board and then, you know, again, in transition, like what's the one team that you don't want to see coming at you in transition offense? It's Real Madrid. And it's like a problem for Liverpool where they're so good in transition offense. Like that's where they thrive with Sala getting forward and, and going at defenses, but they're so bad in transition defense. So it's like this thing that works for them and against them as well. So I don't see, I mean, I see this game becoming very, very transitional. And, you know, we've, we've seen this from Real Madrid in the past where, and the, the one that comes to mind was, the first leg against Manchester City in the semis last last uh, last Champions League, where like City scored in like the second minute, but you could see from the get go like Real Madrid was like we're just gonna play very very defensive, we're just gonna try to see this out and try to take advantage of our few counter-attacking opportunities. And as soon as City scored, it was like oh crap! All right, we got to come out a little bit, we got to try to be more transitional and get it going forward. And in this match, it, it it ended up working out. So I'll probably be on the over again just to have some fun, and we'll end up watching this be a zero zero draw. But that's okay. But I, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I do project 3.4 goals for this match. So um, I'll probably be on the over again.
2: Yeah. I, th- I think it's a, it's, it's a fun game to back that. Be square almost in, in that regard too. Right. Like, cause everyone's going to think it's going to be, I,
1: I think I know how this is going to play out. I think Liverpool is going to score two early goals inside like the first 30 minutes. And then everybody's going to be like, Oh my gosh, game it's, on. It's on. Yeah. And, and that's then, what yeah, I'm saying. Or
2: three times. That's, that's my uh. That's my. I mean, we just saw it too last yep. month, right? Uh, but that's my thinking here is that an early goal from Liverpool gets everyone's juices flowing, and then Madrid exposes their weaknesses, uh, which they're set up to do. And and the game state is kind of built for for those weaknesses to come out too, because they need to go for broke from minute one. Uh, Anthony, you you were on Liverpool against Real Madrid in. 2017, you were on R- Liverpool against Real Madrid not. last season. You were on Liverpool against Real Madrid in the first leg here. Um, are you going to do it again?
3: Last week, last month was my first time betting Liverpool against Real Madrid. I actually wow, had Real Madrid. What about the
2: final? What about last I final? didn't have them. Wow. I had one bet. Come on. You bet. On this podcast. Check the, check the tape. I know. You tape. said that you had the Vinny. I, said, the Vinny I had the Vinny shot, shot Rob, on goal but prop. Were, that was it. No. That was the we'll only bet the I had. Tape. We will check we'll Check the check tape. The tape. And you said that Liverpool BJ had
3: Liverpool and I, I said, no, oh yeah. Yeah. yeah, no, you I thought could. Liverpool was inflated too. At that point yeah. in the season, I thought I was worried about them anyway. Now let's talk Liverpool Real Madrid. I want to push back on this narrative because we talked about the transitions, but those three goals were not transitional goals that they scored to take the lead. It was two 0 Liverpool. Liverpool was playing them off the park. They were beating the shit out of them. They couldn't break the press. They couldn't stop anything. Liverpool should have been up three by then and could have been. And then Venetia scores a nice goal, but it wasn't a counter. It was like a real move. The second goal was a complete fluke. Granted, so was Liverpool's. But Real Madrid's second goal was a complete fluke where Vinicius like gets in the way and it hits off his foot and goes into the goal on a goal back, you know, pass from Allison to the center back. And then the third goal was on a set piece. So like. Yes, Real Madrid was extremely efficient. They took all their chances. They created a bunch of stuff in various different ways and all the bounces went their way and they won the match. But like, I watched that game and I didn't feel like Liverpool was particularly worse than Real Madrid. I thought they were much better in the first half. The second half after the after the goal where Real Madrid went up 3-2 off the set piece, you're right, Liverpool definitely was deflated and fell apart. But like the first 45 minutes to me gives me a belief that Liverpool is live to turn this. And I know it sounds crazy, but we just saw it happen last year. Chelsea played Real Madrid in the round of 16. Chelsea in the first leg, I I bet Chelsea, and they were like a plus 110 favorite at home. And I was like, they're the better team. They're at home, which is how I felt about Liverpool. And they had a couple of bounces and a couple of flukes go against them. Real Madrid beat them in, in some transitional moments for sure there was a huge error defensively. I forget who exactly, it might've been Conte, but somebody made a bad back pass that led to a goal for Real Madrid. And it was 3-1 going back to, or 2-0. I can't I can't remember the score, but they were down two goals going back to the Bernabeu. And Chelsea was a slight underdog on the road at the Bernabeu, down multiple goals. And I said, look, I know, you know, th- at that time it was the opposite problem. It was, we know Chelsea's good defensively. Can they score enough? This time it's we know Liverpool can score in a bunch. We just saw them put seven on Man United when some bounces went their way. The question is, can they keep them out? Now it's three goals. It's a lot, but I'm betting them draw a no bet plus 120 because I think they're the better team still, unless I will bet them at a dog price. And I think the market is overreacting a little bit to what was a deserved win in the end. But like I said, the goals were so fluky and... Like, you know, the final XG was like two to one for Liverpool. So I, I just can't get there. So I'm going to bet Liverpool plus 120. It's and yes, piece I be... against
2: Liverpool, fluky though. Like, they, they can't defend. That,
3: that, that is true. But at 16 to one, we've seen Liverpool score goals in bunches. If they get, you know, one or two early and the pressure starts mounting, I actually think it works the other way in the sense that Real Madrid is not used to being in this leading position. And the one time they were last year, they blew it. I mean, they were down 3 0. Sure. And then, and then, and then all of a sudden they came back. So it's sixteen to one. I'm gonna take a shot uh, on the Reds. Another one. Another one
2: for you. Another one one for me. Yeah. Um. All right. Quickly, Europa League. Uh. Anything for you, Bj?
1: Yeah. Uh. Sevilla got a nice luck box win against Fenerbahce. Uh. That was fun to watch. But I'll be on the over. Uh. In that second leg, I know that there are only about two expected goals created in it. But Fenerbahce, if, if you know anything about the Turkish Super League, is that it's a very very high event style league. So like Fenerbahce's matches are averaging around three and a half expected goals. And given the onus that they have to go for this and they have to play very, very open, I think it's going to create a very, very open match against a Sevilla defense that is still very, very bad. So uh, I do project uh, 3.7 goals in that one. And I think under two, uh, over two and a half is sitting around minus 110, minus 115. So I think it's a, a fantastic price, uh, especially with you know the match being very, very open. And Sevilla, I mean, where they're at their best is if they can actually get out and transition. They can't break teams down who are gonna play low blocks against them uh, so I think it's a good matchup here for Fenerbahce and your guy Ener Valencia Michael uh, to maybe get on the right. put one in the back of the net. So Fenerbahce, Sabia over two and a half for me.
2: Enter. Should have won the golden boot.
1: He is in the goal leading the golden boot in Turkey though right now. Michael.
2: There he is. Uh Anthony anything Europa League.
3: Uh yeah I'll be looking at some both teams to score. Arsenal sporting. Uh, I uh-huh. think we see it I think we see another potentially rotated team for Arsenal, and they were alarmingly bad defensively in that match. They, they got they had their way with the sporting defense. I mean, they deserve multiple goals in the end, and 2-2 I think was a fair result. But uh, going home, I'll be looking to play sporting to score. I do think they'll struggle to keep Arsenal out. I think Arsenal ultimately will advance, much to their uh, chagrin of Arsenal fans, I think, if they should go out. But uh, if, no. if they were in...
0: Oh, I they should the 100% trophies.
3: go out.
1: I want all the
0: trophies. <laughs>
3: How'd that work for Liverpool? Anyway, uh, obviously it's very different. But I will also be betting Fenerbahce at home. I agree. I mean, they dominated the first leg. I took a live shot on them. Once they went down a goal, they didn't quite get there. They're down two on aggregate. They can come home and win this match and still not advance. It's kind of similar to what Sevilla and PSV did last round, where Sevilla won the home match and then kind of just kind of no-showed and, and gave you know a couple goals up but never was in doubt of losing. Uh, I think it's a similar situation here. I'm going to take Fenerbahce. Wouldn't be shocked if they turned it. Uh, I do think they're just as good in terms of uh, true talent. So two goals, not a huge deficit, but a plus 130 at home. Uh, I love Fenerbahce.
2: Uh, all right. There are two Premier League matches. We'll quickly go through them. Anthony and I have nothing on either of them. Brighton's minus 225 against Crystal Palace. Uh, 7-1. The draw is plus 333. Southampton at home hosting Brentford. Oof, tough, tough loss for them. at good in Park over the weekend. Brentford's <laughs> plus 150 to get back on track. Stuck, uh, and the win. draw is plus 225. BJ, anything on either of these?
1: Uh, I mean, I'll probably be on Brighton minus one against Crystal Palace. So Crystal Palace, they don't have a shot on target in their last three matches, which is very, very concerning for them. I mean, Brighton looked every bit as good against them in the last meeting. And the, fun- the funny thing is, we mentioned this in the last meeting, where you might look at the XG and you say, okay, it was, you know, Brighton still created two expected goals. Crystal Palace did create over one, but of that was on Robert Sanchez, just completely dropping across, and Chris Powell's putting the ball in the back of that. They did absolutely nothing for the remainder of that match. And that was at home at Selhurst Park. So now we're going back to the Amex where Brighton is fantastic. This is a derby, as we all know. Uh, So I love Brighton minus one. I I project them at minus 272, and they're spread at minus 1.7. So uh, I'll be on the minus one uh, against them. And I project Brentford and Southampton pretty close on to. Uh, what the actual number is right now.
2: Lovely. Uh, All right. That does it for this episode of Wonder Goal. For Anthony DiBondo and BJ Cunningham, I'm Michael Leboff. We will see you again on Thursday morning to preview the rest or, or a new weekend in Premier League season. And then an international break comes our way. Good luck with all your bets this weekend, except for Anthony's Liverpool bet.